liveth in me. And that is the part. And the life which I now live in the flesh. Okay? When he said the life that I now, he's talking about now, present tense, the life that I now live in this flesh, amen, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. So I'm not living for me. I'm not living by my strength or even my own faith. It's the faith of the Son of God because sometimes we don't have enough faith to do what we need to do. So we need to lean on his faith. We needed to tap into something a little bit stronger, a little bit more powerful, a little bit more, you know, encouraging. Because see, how many times did we ask ourselves, how many times has your faith or, or my faith failed me? Amen. Then we stop and think, amen. But if I, if I can just hold on to the faith, amen, of the Son of God. I mean, he loved me enough to go to the cross. How about you? Amen. So as we recognize that we belong to him, we're here to serve him, to represent him, to be his agents in the earth. Now that changes, that should change the stage of our functioning and our operating, amen. Realizing that change, you know, is taking place each and every day, amen. And, and it's affecting the lives of millions of people. You know, change takes place in the world around us, amen. And sometimes, you know, we don't even recognize what's happening. We don't even recognize the things that's going on because they may not be affecting you directly right now, just like that happy faith. I mean, it's not affecting them directly, but they're still going on. Amen. But change is taking place. Change is happening in every country. Amen. Every state, every province, every city, every neighborhood, every home, and in every individual. All of us have change taking place every day. Amen. So, all that, as I said earlier, all change is not positive. All change is not good. Amen. And I'm not just talking about the, the choices and the decisions that you make, even things outside of your preview, outside of your authority and power. Amen. People make changes that affect us and they don't even counsel with us. You know, I got my, my tax statement for my house uh, uh, last week and I looked at it and I'm like, What? You know, they, they changed the, the valuation on my house and they bumped it up $50,000. So that's a good thing, right? Not when you understand what they're doing because we just passed these new tax levies and so forth. So let's increase the value of the home so we can get more taxes with the higher levies. Amen. See, so, and they didn't ask me if it was okay. I, mean, I know we voted on the levy, some passed, some didn't, but they didn't ask me if it was okay for them to bump up the price of my home so I'd have to pay more. But it directly affects my bottom line. Amen. And I know I'm not the only one in, the only homeowner in here that can feel the pitch. How about these gas prices? I looked at a post last night, amen. I was looking at, I seen down in California, they showed the sign. And I, I burn premium in both my cars, okay? But, but the, the, the price for premium was $7.89. I mean, $6.89. I said, that's right, it's $7 a gallon. Oh, my goodness. And guess what? Thank you, Lord, that we can still drive. You're right. But I'm trying to get us to see changes that take place that they didn't ask you if it was okay to 
jack up the gas prices? No, no, no. They they just decided to do it because they knew it would bring in more revenue. And the things that precipitate the rise, you know, I look at the change that's taking place, sadly, in Ukraine. Putin didn't ask them if it was okay for them to, him to come in and take their land and kill their family members and friends. You know, people make changes, amen, all the time, and we need to look around and see the changes that are taking place. We were talking at the men's meeting yesterday how, how much change has taken place, amen, since the introduction of the first form of social media. You know, we, we look. Amen, and, and and you know, because I was doing some a while ago, I was doing some some looking into you know, different things, and was talking about real social change began when the TV was introduced. Because they had the radio before then, families would gather around and listen to the radio, but they would be interacting with each other, talking about the pro. But once the TV was introduced, our attention was no longer on each other. The attention was on the boob tube, you know, and, and since then, we know how it has progressed from that now. You know, I was amazed. I remember years ago, you know, here in Oak Harbor, when Elder Otis first moved here, we was walking down. He was working at Safeway. We was walking down the hill. Amen. He just decided to walk, you know, going. We was talking and said, you know, one day, you remember that conversation? You know, one day we're gonna they're gonna be we're gonna be able to have a cell phone, and, and we didn't even call it a cell phone. We just said we we'll be able to have phones in our pocket now. We can just call anybody from anywhere. That was long before they came out with the brick. Y'all remember? Y'all remember that first one? It looked like a big old block. But see, we look at all these changes over time. Is how good they are. But when we step back and look at the effect of change, it has really not been healthy for society. Now we have more How about that? Now I got power. Amen. Amen. But we got to stop and think about the change that's taking place all around us consistently over and over again that's beyond our control, let alone the things that we decide to change. Can I go down that road just for a minute? You know, when we make changes sometimes without really, you ever make a change without really thinking it through? I see a whole lot of heads saying, yeah. Mm -hmm. How about when you make the change and you thought that you thought it all the way through? 
Yeah, that's like Elder just said. That's that's even worse yet because all of a sudden you thought you had it all figured out. Oh, I know it's going to be this and that and the other. And next thing you know, things pop up that you couldn't even, wouldn't even, never even consider. Hey, man, how that would affect you or others around you. See, sometimes when we when we make change, we only think about me. I ain't hurt nobody. But you're still being a change agent. Notice I didn't say spiritual change agent, but you're still being a change agent because you're making changes, amen, that's going to affect long term some people around you, whether they be in your family, your friend, your community. And sometimes you don't even know the effect that you've had. Amen. Or maybe we won't even accept that we've had an effect, right? But it happened. Because change is inevitable. You can't avoid it. I'm one day older today than I was yesterday. I couldn't change that. I couldn't stop that. Amen. I, I talked to my brother in California, in Chicago. He's all, he thinks he's still 39. You know, he's, he's 11 months older than me. You know, but change, we can't hold it down. So we got to decide. How are we going to deal with it? Are we going to get in alignment with the right change? With the proper change? Are we going to allow ourselves to, to be an agent of spiritual change in the lives of those around us? Because if we can't change it, you know what they're saying? Say, if you can't beat them. Amen. So we're not trying to beat change. You can't stop change. So you need to decide how you're going to function in change. Amen. What part are you going to play, man? Whose are you going to be? Who's, if, if I can use this word, who's puppet? Because some of us are puppets of the world and some of us are children of God. But we're here to do his will. But he's not going to force us to do it. But the world is going to deceive you to do it. You think I got this under control? No, 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 no. We don't really have it under control. Because why? You don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what tomorrow holds. How many of you got plans for tomorrow? Y'all, you raising y'all hands. Hey, y'all, how many, let me see your hand. You got plan? You don't plan to go to work? You don't plan to get up? You don't plan to eat? See, sometimes we got unspoken plans, but you got plans. Right? You got plans for next week. I got plans later on throughout the year. I got plans, 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 plans. But guess what? Plans can change. I've had God change my plans so many times, amen, that, you know, but recognizing that he's in control, he's in charge, yes, Lord. You know, if I had my way, I would have left this island in 1992. <laughs> but God said, no, he changed my plans, right? Because he said, I have something else for you to do, amen. So here we are, and now I'm not trying to leave. Unless he says so. And I haven't asked him lately, thank God. Right? But unless he says so, I'm, 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 I'm home. Amen. This is where I'll be until he called me home. Unless he say otherwise. Amen. Because that's the way it is. But life and, you know, these happen, amen. And we have to consider, amen, how much we want to allow it to affect us. By yielding ourselves, recognizing that. And that's why I started with the scriptures that you're no more your own. 
So therefore, if I'm not mine, who I belong to, I belong to Christ. So what would he have me to do? Amen. And he did a very good job. Amen. When he came in his part of his last direction, amen, to the apostles, amen, and the people as he prepared to leave, even after he had been seen by 500 after his resurrection, amen, he knew, okay, things are coming, things are going to happen because change is happening. You know, one of the greatest examples in our day, amen, that help us to see how change can be so powerful, amen, that, you know, you don't even have to see what, what it was, amen, but you think about what's happened in the last two years that has changed the way we do life, the way we live, the way we interact, amen, the way people work remotely from home amen how we socialize it changed everything not just in a few places but globally something that think about this something that you can't even see with the naked eye brought global change the only way you can see actually see the virus amen is through you know advanced microscopes in order to look at it and literally see it, but we can't see it, but we see the effects. We felt the effects directly and some indirectly, amen. We've seen the, the chaos, amen. We've seen the, 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 the reordering of our lives because of something we couldn't even see. And I think about that and say, wow. People say, well, I can't see God, but he's still there. See, this is something you can't see that's negative when we talk about COVID, but because you can't see God don't mean he ain't doing something. Don't mean he ain't affecting something. Don't mean he ain't changing things around you. Amen. And not until you get some spiritual eyes to see what God is doing, you won't see it. So you need to recognize, amen, it ain't just because you think you ain't. No, we are not in control. You know, I heard some of the this, this life that we're living, the scripture tells us is, is but a vapor. Yes, yes. You know, when you boil water and you see the vapor, how long does that vapor last? Not long. And that is our lives in comparison to where he wants to take us into eternity. He wants to change us from vapor to being immortal beings operating with him. But some of us were trying, still trying to hold. And I say, so I'm talking about nationally, globally, still trying to hold on to this vapor. Mm. It won't last. No matter how much you try, no matter how you dress it up, fix it up, paint it up, it's going to die. Amen. So therefore, we need to grab hold of, to that that is real. That is going to prepare us for what we were really designed for until the fall of Adam and Eve. Amen. That changed everything. And now we're still dealing with a whole lot of stuff going on. Amen. Because of the effects of that change. And also, I look in here. Amen. As Jesus was preparing to leave, he gave us a commission. In Matthew 28, verse 16 through 20, he gave his apostles direction, amen. And this is, let me just read it. He said, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. 
Now he told them, go over here. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. In other words, he just commissioned them to be change agents. Amen. And thereby to pass it down to the church. Amen. That, because he said, I want you to go to all the world and bring change. Let them hear about me. But then, you know, when you look at the 18th verse, what he said in the 18th verse, I don't want us to miss this. Because we see, you know, he's he saying that all power, all power. Now, why would he have to say that? Why didn't he just say, y'all just go, you know, and teach all nations and, you know, just take verse 18 out. We don't need it. But it's important that we understand when he, what he's saying here. He says, all power. He says, I have the authority, all the authority. And he, what did he say? In heaven and in earth. So when I say do something, I have the power and the authority to commission you to do it. I know exactly what I need you to do, and I'm telling you exactly what you need to do, amen, in order to bring about change. So he said, all power. See, because, you know, remember, if you went back, you see that when they saw him coming, the scripture says, some doubted. You know, and, and, and it's, it's, it's in the reading, it talks about even when they, when they say that five hundred people seeing him he said above 500 what do you mean does that mean more than 500 no when you look at some of the accounts they say well it means that there was some doubt because some of them thought they seen him in the air but then he came close he came close and, and he he you know showed himself to them and they recognized him and knew who he was amen but yet he had to let them know that i have the power and the authority in heaven and earth to tell you to go and be change now so therefore remember we said the life that I now live is not I but Christ that liveth in me I am not just going in my own power because now he said I have the power I have the authority and I'm giving it to you to carry out this change in the earth I'm I'm commissioning you to be my agent because I'm getting ready to leave his physical body but if we study on we'll see that he came back in the person of the Holy Spirit to empower us to bring the change even to the ends of the world so he's just just not trying to change you so you can be saved he's changing you so you can bring change to someone else let it be effective let it be as the word would say contagious Amen. Let let it let it propel you to do what you wouldn't otherwise do. Because we sometimes we couch back because we don't think we got the power or we the ability. No, Christ gave us all the power that we need, and He backed it up. Amen. In the Holy Spirit. And I want to look at one gentleman in the Scripture that God gave instruction to directly, and He chose not to follow some of y'all know who I'm talking about you know but 
How many times have God given instruction and we chose not to follow? Amen. We know the word, but it goes on in other places. They be ye what? Doers of the word. So let's let's go to the book of Jonah. Oh, Jonah. <laughs> we gonna we gonna look at Jonah. God instruction. If the first verse in chapter one, Amen. Said now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city. Now you can put it whatever name you want in there, Amen. But that great city and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. Now you see, not cry against. In other words, bring them warning. And Jonah, but Jonah. Now see what the word, but. In other words, but does what? Cancel out, Cancel out what we'll say before because he, he decided, I don't want to do that. Now, we're going we gonna to dig into Jonah's issues here in a bit. But he said, but Jonah rose up and f- to flee to Tarshish mm. from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and found the ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, Jonah is missing something here because no matter how far you run, no matter how deep you try to hide, you can't get away from God. People say, I just won't go to church there. You still ain't getting away from God. I won't read. You still ain't getting away from God. He sees you right where you are Amen. And knows what you're fitting to do. Not just what you're doing. He knows your thoughts and your intentions before you even put them into action. You know, so, so, he, but, but he said he went, I mean, but the Lord sent a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the, the mariners were afraid. And I say, because why? There's a storm coming up, but this, this story is interesting to me. Amen. He said, the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God, small g, because they didn't understand the true God. Amen. And cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he laid and was fast asleep. He don't he think he done got away. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise and call upon thy God, big G. Amen. If so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. See, they recognized Jonah was a man of God. <laughs> See, even though they calling on whoever they was calling on, they wasn't calling on, but they told Jonah, call on your God so he can deliver us so we don't perish. Now, 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 I want us to, to track with this story here because some people, amen, up acting like Jonah. I don't want to do it God's way. I don't want to operate. Because you, know, you ever been so mad at somebody? I've been there. That you just want them to get jacked up. 
just to put it nicely, in Christianese. You know, and, and, and you don't want them, you know, you, the Lord may be working on your heart to go and witness to them and love on them, you know, or even he might be just dealing with you to forgive them. Woo. But we don't want to because we are dead set on seeing them punished. I want to see them pay. And if I forgive them, they might get off. If someone witnessed to them, they might get saved. That's kind of the, the, the mindset of Jonah. Right? Let's, let's read on here. Because there's a lot of Jonah's going on in the world today and in the church of today. When we can't forgive, we acting like Jonah. Because they haven't paid yet. They don't hmm, they don't deserve to get off the hook. He had prejudged them when God told them to go cry against them. See, he knew they was wrong. God knew they was wrong. So let's see what happens here. Hmm. So they told him, rise up in verse number seven. And they said, everyone to his fellow, come, let us cast lots. Now, see, lots was one thing they did. They did a lot of that in the Bible to try to see what the will of God was and so forth. You know, but he said they cast lots that, that, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. Say, who's for? Why are we going through all this? You know what? Sometimes we don't realize that people around you are going through stuff because of you. Come on. That's what you see people going through stuff because of you. And you got happy hypoxia. You good. While they're going through, you running from God, being disobedient to God, and God shaking up things around you. And others are being affected. Come on, somebody. He said, why is this evil upon us? So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Remember how he, he told, the, the, the prophet told David, you the man? The, the, the lot fell upon Jonah. And they said, um, then said they unto him, tell us. You, you've been found out. You know? He said, tell us, we pray thee, for Whose cause is this, is this evil upon us? What is thine occupation? Okay. And whence cometh thou? What is your country? You know, I'm just saying, yo, because we, we, they, they getting serious right now. They say, what's your occupation? You know, who are you? That you brought all this trouble into our life. What's your occupation? Where are you from? And what and of what people art thou? Are you one of them Christians? Huh? Well, who are you? And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven. I see he just told them a lie. He said who he's supposed to be. And what he's supposed, but see, he is a Hebrew, but he ain't fearing God. 
Because if he was really fearing God, he would be taking himself where? To Nineveh. But he's going where? He done got on a ship to go to Tarshish. So he didn't have that much fear in God. Huh? Which has made the sea and dry land. See, he know God did it all. Then were the men exceeding afraid and said unto him, why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told him. How many times? You know, that's a good thing. I mean, he did it. At least he was honest. Sometimes people ask, yes, people, what's going on? I don't know. But they know all the while we going through this because I'm not right. I mean, I knew when I wasn't right we were going through stuff. Amen. See, we, but see, he just didn't want to because he had an issue with these people, huh? In Nineveh. He felt like they needed to be punished. Mm-mm-mm, help him, Lord. Then said, he, un, then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wroth and was tempered. In other words, it was a storm going on. The sea is upset. God is using them. Like you said, he sent the wind and they made all this stuff going on. And he said unto them, take me up and cast me forth into the sea so that so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake, this great tempest is upon you. For I know. See, they had to, now, now I, I passed over one part intentionally. He was asleep. You got it? How many people are spiritually asleep? Storms going on all around them. And they're like, I'm good. They sleep. You know, and, and the scripture tells us that we need to wake up. For the for the hour is coming. We need to wake up. And he said, well, he was asleep. Amen. So they had to go down there and wake him up and help him recognize the circumstances that were really going on around him. And when he woke up and he looked around, and he saw what was going on. He said, for I knew it was because of me. He already, as soon as he assessed the situation, he was calm when he went to sleep. But when he assessed the situation after they woke him up, somebody needed to wake us up. Wake up. See what's going on. Wake up. But he told him to throw him overboard. Wow. Because he knew the great tempest. Nevertheless, the men rode harder. Now look at this. To bring it to land. But they could not for the sea for the sea wroth and was tempestuous against them. Tempestuously coming against them. See, he said, throw me overboard. But they was having mercy on him. Huh? They were they was they weren't trying to throw him overboard. In other words, they weren't trying to throw him under the bus. Right? They being nice. Well, we just going to try a little harder. Maybe we can save all of us. Not against the wrath of God, you can't. No, 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 no. See, so they, they, they tried in the scriptures that they could not, amen, 
But then the 14th verse, we're almost done with this. He said, wherefore, they cried unto the Lord and said, we beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not upon us innocent blood. What's he saying? What they saying? Well, we can't get to, we, 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 we just can't get, get to land. And we all gonna, gonna perish. So, fellas, we need to throw him overboard. So, what are they praying? Lord, don't hold it against us. Because we finna throw him overboard in their mind. In their mind, he's done. In their mind, we throw him overboard in this storm, he's sure enough gonna drown. So they said, Lord, don't let this, this innocent blood be on us, for thou hast done as thou, huh? <laughs> as it pleased thee. You sent the storm, Lord, you, you got us in this mess, but really Jonah got us in this mess, and now we going through, but we fitting to fix it. <laughs> huh? We finna, see, sometimes people just need to cut you off so you can get right with God. Huh? They need to just throw you overboard out of the situation so they can get themselves together, but mostly so you can get right with God. <laughs> because as long as they as long as they trying to roll harder and save you and keep you in that position and keep you in that state, they ain't helping you. They're not helping themselves. But now you get to that place, hey man, you say, Oh, we we finna throw don't hold this blood against us, Lord. Huh? So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea. And the sea ceased from her raging. It got calm. The sacrifice worked. Huh? They did what God was pressing upon them to do. You ever had God pressing upon you to break a relationship? Press upon you to come out of a situation or a circumstance, but you trying to hold on. I know I'm talking to somebody in here. You're trying to hold on, and it's getting rougher and rougher. It ain't getting better. No matter how you pray, no matter how you fast, if you even choose to, it ain't getting better. Not until you cut it off will things calm down. Some of us call it tough love. But really, it's obedience to God. So the raging stopped. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now see what happened. He brought change even in his disobedience. Even in his running from God, they seen the true and living God. And he still brought change into their lives. In the last verse they said, now the Lord had appeared and prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And that's a whole nother story. Amen. God had to deal with Jonah. God had to get Jonah's attention, amen, because Jonah was like, no, <laughs> I don't want to do what you're telling me to do. You know, he's a messenger of the Lord. He's a change agent of God, but choosing to be disobedient when God is saying, go and tell these people. How many times has God put it in our spirit, amen, to, to witness to somebody? They're going to tell somebody that he loved them. To open our mouth and give him praise in that situation. But we bite our tongue. Because we're 
afraid to be a change agent right then. They might reject me. They might call me a holy roller. They may, you know, I, I might not get the job. I might get fired. You know, but understand this. That's why I went back to that phrase and help us to understand. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And he told him to go into the, all the world. So as we go and we're doing what he said to do, we have the power on our side to do it. And we ought not fear man or the consequence. Because he has the power to change it all. He has the power to keep you in position. He has the power to elevate you because he wants to operate through you. And when we're obedient to God, do you not think he's got our back? He said, now, if anybody got your back, you want the one that has power in heaven and earth. <laughs> to have your back. All right, so if we realize that I'm not doing this on my own, amen, but see, this young man, amen, he, he had already passed judgment. He don't want to go to Nineveh. He don't want to... He don't even want to be a part of any of it. Amen. And sometimes, you know, we find ourselves in that place. Mm. They didn't deserve the mercy. They didn't deserve it. Amen. But look what happened after he had his encounter and he spent three days in the belly of the fish, you know, and he began to repent. The Lord had the fish to spit him out on dry ground. You say, how in the world could a man survive three days? God can do whatever he wants to do. He can put him in an air bubble right in there. <laughs> so he can survive three days. But God can do what he wants because the big fish was big enough to hold him. He could have held an air bubble to put him in. I'm just saying. You know, but he had him spit him out on, and as soon as he got out, the Bible said he went directly <laughs> to Nineveh. It said Nineveh was a, a, a great city of three days' journey. It would take three days just to get to the center of the city. Big city. And he began to cry aloud as, as the Lord said. And, and as the people began to hear, they began to put on sackcloth and ashes. In other words, he was being a change agent. Amen. But he was under duress doing it. That's not where God wants us. Amen. But still change was coming amen and they they begin to change and when the king heard it he he, he decreed a fast he wanted everything to fast it's only four chapters in jonah you need to read it but you get it i mean he had everything fasting down to the kids even the, the livestock he said don't even feed the pigs everything gonna fast in here that maybe god will change his mind and won't let this evil come upon us and God saw their change and, and, and God responded by changing his mind because change had come place. Amen. But that still didn't make Jonah happy. In the third chapter of Jonah, the ninth and tenth verse, he said, who can tell if God, I mean, this is what the king said, who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works and they turned from their evil ways and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them and he did it not. They changed and the Lord responded to their humility and their repentance. He changed. He said, okay. But then we go to the fourth verse, fourth chapter rather. You think Jonah was like, yes, the word worked. Amen. It paid off. No, no. He said, 
verse number one, it says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. Now, God is pleased. God has released them from the punishment that was coming upon them. His word had an effect and brought, but, but Jonah was, what? He was angry. He said he was very angry. And he, say, and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore, he said the words, I, I, I knew they were going to change. I knew you would let them off the hook. I knew you wouldn't punish them. I knew they would get away with it. And sometimes that's how we, about that person you don't want to forgive. You don't want to let them go. Lord, I knew you would let them off the hook. I knew they would get. So I didn't want to tell them. Hmm. He said, therefore I fled before unto Tarshish. For I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth thee of evil. He said, I knew you would change your mind. He was so mad. Now this, this I'm, I'm telling you, this, this, this fella had issues. Because he was so mad. Look what he said in, in, in in, in verses 3 and 4. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me. He's so mad about them, he said, just kill me. That's, that's crazy. But that's why he was, just, just kill me because it's not fair. If I can just... <laughs> You know, I'm just. He said, "Just, just take me, take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live." <laughs> but look at God's response. Then said the Lord, "Doest thou well to be angry? <laughs> you got a right to be angry. Is it good? You know." And then, then we know if you can finish reading it. Amen, because God had him, he went out to the city and God made this, a gourd, a, a leafy plant to grow up because it was hot and he got shade under the tree, under the gourd that God had made. God blessed him with, with shade when there was no shade around. But when the night came, God made a worm that went and <laughs> killed the gourd and it, it withered. And that he was still angry. And God used that as an example. He let him know, now I created the gourd and I created the worm and I created the people in Nineveh. And I got a right to change them if I want to. See, we got to get to a place to understand that we are here to make a difference. But we got to be willing to be change agents. We got to be willing to allow God to use us and speak through us, even with those that difficult people in difficult situations. Amen. Well, we really don't want to see the change. Amen. But see, those are the ones. Let me say that again. Those are the ones that make a whole lot of difference. Because by letting them go, releasing them, changing them, it shows the love and the mercy of God, but also has the power of changing you. In that area where it's hurt and it's hard to let go, it's hard to forgive, it's hard to see them get away with it. Now, one thing I came to resolve years and years ago is that nobody, just tell somebody next to you, nobody, 
nobody gets away with anything. You may not see it. You may not be around when the, when the correction comes. But nobody gets away with anything. The only way that we can escape the punishment that we are due is by giving our lives to Christ. And allowing his shed blood, amen, to cover our sins and to cover our unrighteousness, amen. Therefore, we have been redeemed. But unless we do that, all the weight still falls on us. That's why I say nobody gets away unless they turn their life completely over to Christ and let his redeeming blood save them from themselves. It's just that simple. But as the agents of change, we got to recognize that we got a job to do. We got a work to do. Amen. Wherever we're found, amen, it's not just in the church house, amen, but it takes place out there, amen, when you're dealing with people day to day, amen, and you're there to be that light, to be that witness, to be the salt, amen, to execute God's will in the earth, if we would just say, yes, Lord, send me, I'll go. I'll do what you want me to do. We're called to be in that place. We're called to bring kingdom change into the world because without us, they won't know. Amen. People are, are going along happy on their way. Somebody, even in today's age, there are still people who have not, never been directly impacted or even asked about Jesus Christ. Oh, they might have heard about Christianity, but there's still people who have never been approached and given the opportunity to be saved. Still. And it's not hard to believe because now we're, we're fastly approaching 8 billion people on the planet. And God desires, amen, that every one of them would be saved. So therefore, we have a big job. When I say we, I'm talking about the church at large, have a big job because people are, and, and I want us to really wrap our minds around this. People are being born at a faster rate than they're dying. Check the statistics. That's why, you know, we, we've gone to so many people, amen, and, and, and we see population explosions happening here or there. But, you know, I always see when I'm driving distances, I'm like, man, look at all this open land. Why are people all, why do they say we got, a, you know, too many? Because you know, people want to be where the services are, where the conveniences are. Where all the, don't too many people want to live way out in the country by themselves. Not too many. Amen. But see, we need people, and people need God. And God has planted us here as the church, amen, to bring the truth to them so that they can be saved because he is preparing a place for us. And it's big enough to hold everybody. I was listening to someone last night, and, and, uh, you know, just reiterating this, which I, I've talked about before. But you know how much room there is in heaven, in, 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 in the, the new heaven and the new earth? that it talks about in the book of, of, of Revelations. You know, this, this pastor last night, he was talking about it, and he's, he was talking about the 1,500 feet, I mean 1,500 miles cubed. That means 1,500 miles long, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles high. 
it's going to seem like a lot, but when you do the math and you start thinking about how much space that is, as the way he broke it down, he said the last night, he said that that means there's room for 20 billion people. And each person would still have about 75 acres to themselves. That's a lot of space. That's a lot of room. So in other words, I look at that and say, God ain't trying to leave nobody out. But we got to do our part. We got to do our job. Amen. Taking the truth to them, helping them to understand that we are here to be positive change agents in the earth. Can we do that? We can if we allow him to operate through us. If we stop being afraid, amen, or, 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 or stop waiting for somebody to, to pay before they can get saved. Right? Let's stand. I want us to really grab hold of of the, the call and the requirement. And I think about all the change agents in Scripture that we see. We can see Joseph and we can see Samson. Amen. We, we see different ones, amen, David, amen, who went and brought change in their generations. And the list goes on and on and on, but we got to get to a place to say, okay, let me bring change in this generation to those that I have the ability to touch and the you know, to, to influence so that they too can be saved. Because if we don't, then it's a change that we will be held responsible. Right? I want to do it God's way. How about you? So let's bow our heads this morning. And if you've been struggling in this area, you can come to the altar. Ask God to empower you to, to speak when he says speak. To do what he's calling you to do. Not to be like, like Jonah. To run the other direction and leave them to their devices. Leave them to the destruction that is inevitable. But God, I want to be that agent for you for the kingdom of God. I want to be the salt and the light. I want to be the one that changes the atmosphere when I walk into the room. God, I want to be the one that knows how to stop and listen so that I know how to impart to this person the change that they need in their lives. Don't let me be hurried or rushed, but Lord, let us hear from you and speak according to your will, your word, God. Lord, not desiring that any should be lost. Lord, even the ones that may have hurt me or disappointed me, done something, Lord, that, that I don't approve of. Lord, they still need you. So let me not be as Jonah, but let me be the one that you've called me to be, to go and to do and to let the Holy Spirit have its way in me. And each and every one of us, God, don't let us lean to our own understanding. But your word tells us in all of our ways to acknowledge you and you'll direct our path. Your word says in, in, in Psalms, Lord, that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Help us to receive those orders and to fulfill them, to walk it out, Lord, in a way that brings glory to you, God, and draws lives unto you, souls unto you. Lord, that we might be able to bring the change that we are supposed to bring. 